This is BVK for Ocean City Tourism, OCMD Streaming Audio. On March 11th, 2024, the title of the spot is STSA Leisure Summer. This is a 30-second composite stereo streaming audio mix. Get away with friends to the laid-back Maryland coast, where you can catch up while casting off and hang 10 while hanging out, where a day on board is never boring and full throttle is half the fun, where you can sink a putt, raise a glass, and there's always room for one more round. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man that says if you have a sombrero, throw it to the sky. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the captain. Would you say I have a plethora of sombreros? It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Today we are quite lucky because we are still sipping on some Run Julius Run from Tactical Brewing Company. Run Julius Run is an incredibly delicious Orange Julius New England India Pale Ale with vanilla and oranges. ABV 6%, garage grade 5 out of 5 bottle caps. And here's some big cheers to our friends that helped us out with this week's shows. First up, cheers to Melody in Riverside, California. And a big we like your jib to Chrissy from Nottingham, Maryland. And next we have a big cheers going out to Ben W. from Parts Unshown. Ben, may your mug runneth over. Everyone we mentioned went to truecrimegarage.com, clicked on the donate button, helped us out with this week's beer run. We're giving you a shout out to you and your home city. And for all of that, we thank you for riding in the sidecar with us this week. Well, and hopefully everybody's parts stay covered. Say it with me, B-W-E-R-R-U-N, Beer Run. Thanks for sharing our show on social media. It means a lot. It goes a long way. But if you need more True Crime Garage for your earballs, make sure you check out our bonus show on Stitcher Premium. It's called Off the Record, and you have to be nasty to listen to it. So check that out at truecrimegarage.com. And that is enough of the business. All right, everybody, gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. Police impounded the Kia Sorento that was at the campsite and started processing it for clues. They also obtained a search warrant to tow and search the black 1987 Ford Econoline van that the women basically lived out of and that was parked at the McDonald's. Some marijuana paraphernalia was found in the van, but police discovered through paperwork found in the van that the women also had a storage unit that was paid for by one of the fathers, Sean Paul. So he gives them permission to search this storage unit. This is at the A1 storage units where the women had a unit shared with the father. So more drug paraphernalia 
is found at the storage unit. We also have some cell phones and tablets that were seized according to the warrant. It doesn't seem that there was much interest by the way of clues in the van or at the storage unit. Just to point out the obvious to everybody, let me be kept an obvious for a second. This would be so much harder to investigate because if they had a house or they lived in an apartment, then you have neighbors that are there all the time. So at a campsite, your neighbors, quote unquote, right, are constantly changing. There's new people coming into that area every day, every night. And a lot of those people are either nomadic or they're just there on vacation. See what I'm saying? So then to go back in time and start trying to collect evidence, you don't know who was all there. And especially, like you said, some of these campsites, you're just plopping down your stuff and you don't have to pay for it. So there's no record of who's coming in and coming out. Well, and they're known to camp and move campsites as well. Remember when that was part of the problem in finding the girls or the ladies to begin with was that... No one was really, they knew that they were camping somewhere, but they didn't know where. Right. It'd be a whole different type of investigation for law enforcement. But as far as the searches go, if there was anything found of evidentiary value in the Kia, it has not been disclosed. Now, some people suspect that given the drug paraphernalia that was found amongst their possessions, that the women may have been killed as part of a drug deal gone wrong. But again, it's just marijuana it's just weed it would seem very unlikely that they were killed over a little bit of weed but while we're on the subject of searches this is this is the most interesting one of the more interesting parts of this investigation to me here captain there's another search that was aimed at specifically finding the killer this is per abc4 This says, in October, authorities released an affidavit for a search warrant related to the case. The affidavit was signed on September 20th and executed on the same day. In it, investigators request a tower dump from a cell tower at Jimmy Keene Flats, which is not far from the campsite of Schulte and Turner, our two victims. The tower dump or information dump that they're looking for would be from 9 p.m. on August 13th through 9 a.m. on Sunday, August 15th. Additionally, the affidavit states this could be limited to those phones that are only within two miles of the crime scene. So they needed this information from the cell towers because it could provide evidence of the crime or crimes of murder. And in the search warrant, they're going to have to specify this, but they go as far to say We're looking for this information because it will help us with evidence in the crime of murder, conspiracy to commit murder, tampering with evidence, sexual assault, or desecration of a corpse, or even rape. So they're not going to let the actual crime dictate anything here in the search warrant. They're throwing everything out there that they possibly can think of when asking for this cell phone tower information dump to come through. So another search warrant that was executed by investigators sought the information relating to a specific phone number registered with AT&T. This search warrant states that a single Samsung cell phone was recovered at the scene, at the crime scene, and is currently in evidence. So the cops had found one cell phone at the crime scene. But they're not telling us if it's one of the ladies' phones or not. Right, and that's the thing. We know that both of the women had cell phones, so where was the other one? And, of course, with this information coming out, it's believed by the public that this phone that they're looking for belonged to one of the women. And that may be true according to the court documents that say, as only one cell phone has been recovered, We are currently searching for another phone that was known to be possessed by one or both victims. Per the search warrant, investigators believe the information stored by the service provider slash carrier of this number could provide information about the whereabouts of the phone, as well as other information that may lead to a suspect. 
Those are th- those are the words in this legal document. Right. So we know they're looking for a cell phone. It's believed it belonged to one of the girls, one of our victims here. So investigators, look, they want to take a look at all the activity on the missing phone because they want to know if if is there information on that missing phone that could tell us what happened? Yeah, because let's say hypothetically it wasn't just weed, but maybe they were involved in something more that, well, there would be maybe some communication meet us at this campsite. Yeah, but I mean, anything. I mean, they may have taken a picture of the creepy guy. They may have. Right. The thing that, that is the big aha moment here is when you put all these pieces together, what they're essentially saying is that one of the victim's cell phones is missing. We believe it was taken from the crime scene by the killer. Right. If we can get information that tells us about all of the cell phones and all the cell phone activity during that window of time that we stated during our search warrant, we think that that information will help lead us to find this missing cell phone. And once we find the missing cell phone, we likely have our suspect because, again, we believe the killer took the phone. Now, of course... This gets complicated because the cell phone tower information that they are looking to get would end up telling them the name of every individual who was within a two mile radius right. during that time. And of course, we also have like a situation like with the guest at the ranch. There's 100 guests there at that wedding that we already previously discussed. That's a whole bunch of additional people that they are not now going to have to look at, ask questions of. And these are other people that that have to be vetted that that may have taken that cell phone as well. So it's it's no easy task, but it seems like a very smart route to take here when they are looking for this killer. Now, if anything specifically has come of these searches, it has not been fully disclosed. But yeah, like you were saying though, if you're in law enforcement, you're going the killer's probably on this list probably on the list and if he you know or most likely why does he take one cell phone but not the other one was is it the only one that he found at the scene why did he take it there must be something on it or some reason that he chose to take it and such a horrific crime and we have these victims that seemed like everybody in their community really cared about that there were unique individuals kind of seem like these minimalist van living almost hippie in a in a sense nomadic life lifestyle and for such a horrific crime and and like we said before you have law enforcement coming out saying well we don't think the community is in danger i i disagree with that but because of the location and the time frame Some people would think that this case was possibly connected to another high-profile case. Yes, so by September of 2021, there was another case, and the other case was dominating the headlines at the time. And this kind of put Crystal and Kylan's murder case, as far as the public eye was concerned, a little more on the back burner. But... This other case also complicated things in the double murder investigation because law enforcement had to devote a lot of man hours to determining whether the cases may or may not be connected. And of course, if you all remember back to late last year, you know that we're talking about the Gabby Petito case. Crystal and Kalen were last seen. Crystal and Kylan were last seen on the 13th, except for the unconfirmed gas station interaction on the 14th. On the 12th, the day before they were last seen at Woody's Tavern, Brian Laundrie and Gabby Petita were pulled over after someone called the police for assaulting Gabby in front of the Moonflower Community Co-op in Moab. Remember, the co-op was where Kylan worked as a cashier. Right. Now, Moab does not have a lot of murders, and for there to be three two high-profile cases with such a specific nexus seemed very unlikely. As a result, it ca- as a result, it catapulted Crystal and Kylan's case into the whole Gabby Petito mess. 
So the damage to Crystal and Kylan's case caused by this distraction, we really don't know the level of that. The eyes of the nation were on Grant County Sheriff's Office, and they had to devote time and resources to both looking for Gabby and also defending themselves against allegations that they were to blame for Gabby's death because they didn't arrest Brian for assaulting her. And worst of all, they had to spend time investigating whether Brian Laundrie could have killed Crystal and Kylan. Because not only are they in the area, but they're they're living the similar lifestyle, van life, and basically this nomadic lifestyle going from one campground to another campground. And it's like, is is this the creepy guy that they were talking about the night before? Well, and to this day in you know, without giving away too much of a spoiler alert, we've had significant advances and updates in this investigation in the double murder investigation. But still to this day, there are people out there that believe that this is still a possibility that Brian Laundrie is responsible for, for the double homicide as well, even with these significant advances and updates in this investigation. Yeah. And, and we believe that it's just kind of happenstance that these, cases interconnect with each other but i don't believe that they're connected in any way other than the location a moab man camping in cortez filed a police report this was a a big significant advance here in this investigation and this is really interesting to me because sean paul schulte the the father of one of the victims he came to the area to Moab with the purpose of helping solve his daughter and daughter-in-law's murders. And he set up what he was calling a clue booth where people could drop by and submit a tip to him. And he could, he was really trying to help investigators and round up people and set up a, a location where people could come and might feel comfortable sharing information that they have however important it is to the case or, or otherwise. Now, so this tip comes from one of his, this was one of his clue booth tips where a Moab man ended up filing a police report. And the news reported that they obtained the incident report confirming that a nine millimeter Turkish made pistol was reportedly stolen along with a Turkish made shotgun and bolt action hunting rifle. Now, note that the Grand County investigators have never discussed what type of ammo was used to kill the women or what type of shell casings were found, but Sean Paul, the father, was full of information, which may or may not be correct, but he posted it, so we're going to review it, and it says, this is big news. We now know we are looking for any leads on a hot 9mm. It's a silver-colored 9mm bullet. It's a very specific ammo. The private investigation, the private investigator Jensen explained what he reported was that a Turkish nine millimeter was stolen. And what he's talking about is custom, a custom nine millimeter. So this is a, uh, would be a rare, almost one of a kind, unique gun that, that he believes that the private investigator believes that they should be looking for and that the ammo may be. It's very specific ammo is what right. he's saying that this, this could be, you find the person that has this or had this in their possession and you likely have found the killer. Well, yeah. And he's stating this law enforcement's not stating this. I, I wonder if at this point, if law enforcement is freaking out that he's releasing this information. Well, not only that, he's also releasing information that's saying that police question a person of interest. And so while you have police, they're not up front and center telling us everything that's going on in the investigation. As this investigation drags out, the information that the victim's father was privy to, he's now purposely putting some of this information out. He's probably not feeling so great about the investigation the the, the further and the longer it drags on. Right. It'd be tough to be in his situation if you feel like this is a clue that needs to be out there. I would have a hard time holding that back mm-hmm. because I would obviously your emotions are running wild, but you don't want to 
tamper with the case so much where you, you're not able to get a conviction. But this seems like, like you said, you find this gun, you have found the killer. Yeah, and one person, the, this is possibly the individual that that the father is saying police spoke with or could be one of their persons of interest in this case. It was a man that, that came onto their radar after he was pulled over for speeding. And the officer was a veteran law enforcement officer and decided not to write a speeding ticket for this individual because the individual creeped him out so much that he didn't want to have to take his eyes off of the the person. So he decided I'm not going to write a speeding ticket just so I don't have to take my eyes off of this person because he thought that this individual was acting incredibly odd for being pulled over for speeding. And then some interesting things that might make this guy a good suspect is this guy worked at the Moonflower co-op and knew one of the victims. So he worked at the same place. Um, he, it sounds like they never worked together or directly together. So I don't know if he worked there prior to this or, or if they just never worked the same shift or what have you. But the man did admit that he knew Kylan admit that he worked at the moonflower co-op. Uh, he was vague in his response when he was asked about his interactions with Kylan. Uh, he frequented the, the co-op before he started working there. And it's rumored that he gave her a rose at one point. So this man, he himself was homeless at the time. He was living in campsites and out of his car. He told the deputy that he would often sleep out in the open by himself, including a spot along LaSalle Loop Road. So we don't know who the creepy guy was, but this guy's admitting that he would camp out in the general area where the spot that, that Kylan and Crystal were killed. Right. So could he be the creepy guy that that's unidentified? Well, he's a creepy guy. Well, yes, we know that because the officer saying, Hey, he creeped me out. Was he bearded? Um, I don't know a whole lot about this guy, to be honest with you, because we're hearing this story secondhand. Um, the, the initial information comes from Schulte's father. Sounds like a bearded turd pot to me. But the information we have, Captain, says that police, yes, they did interview this man. They did look at this man. But when asked about his whereabouts for Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, August 13th through the 15th, he says he could not recall other than to say that he would travel to a spot that he often slept in as it was away from other people. This man did refuse to allow police to search his vehicle, but he did direct them to his campsite that he was currently staying at. And it's reported that when police went through his campsite, they seized two blankets and a jacket with blood on it. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Everyone is still talking about Monopoly Go for a good reason. It is an absolute hit. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Like countless crazy tournaments, you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Or timed events, offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in. With Monopoly Go, there's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now free on the App Store and Google Play.
Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners, get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com garage. Visit IXL.com garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com garage today. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash TCG. That's mintmobile.com slash TCG. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash TCG. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 
at factormeals.com slash true crime garage five zero to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we are back. An arresting case that we have here going for us. Colonel, cheers to you. Cheers to the people in the back. Cheers to you, Captain. And yes, so the man that we are talking about here, he's asked, obviously, several times during the course of these interviews and when he's walking with police, showing them his campsites and such, if he killed the women. And of course, he's saying Time and time again, no, he did not kill them, even though he's not able to really provide a, a really good alibi for where he was during the, the course of that weekend that is the time in question here. Now, despite all of the information and some other information that is out there on this individual, it states that police and law enforcement, they really looked at this guy and through all of their their searches of his belongings and his vehicle, they don't end up finding anything that would link him to a crime, to this crime specifically. Right. Either. So they are going to let him go. And they do kind of, they do tell the public at some point that we're not so interested in this guy anymore. Um, That's why we've decided to move on from him. We have nothing that puts him at the crime scene. We have nothing that tells us that he committed this crime. And so they're really just spinning their tires if they stay honed in on this individual. This would lead us to that significant press release that took place January 19th of this year, of 2022. Remember, this case is not very old. Now, During this press release back in January, authorities confirmed that they had narrowed the date of death to August 14th. So even though that one police spokesman, uh, Lieutenant Neal, said that they weren't sure if the gunshots they had on audio, remember the, they told us they had some kind of audio file. He's saying publicly, we are not sure that the gunshots that we have on audio were the gunshots. It certainly seems that the investigators must believe that to be the case because they are, they seem to be able to pin down the murders to the 14th. Right. But again, this is unless the, remember the cell phone that they're looking for, have they found that cell phone? What do they think would be on that cell phone? Or is there something there that is telling them that the, that the murders happened on the 14th? It's a fascinating thing though, that somebody we we know of this crime. People are talking about this crime locally and that there's this wedding going on. And then they go, hey, we're trying to capture this moment, this family moment of this wedding. But we have something that's of interest that might be connected to the case. That That's pretty fascinating. But do we have any other evidence like this in this case? Well, and again, that could lead to why they believe the murders happened on the 14th, because in this same press release, It's also acknowledged that the investigators had gathered, quote, video evidence from nearby properties. So we don't know exactly what that means or what other properties. Yeah, we don't we don't know what the information is or where it was collected from other than that statement, video evidence from nearby properties. So any of that could be telling them that the murders took place on the 14th as well. Interesting. The press release also confirmed, reconfirmed, uh, that the investigators were still working with the FBI on the case. Continuing on with this press release, we have the sheriff's office requesting that the Moab community be careful about sharing information on social media. Such information tends to be misinformed, inaccurate, and unhelpful to the criminal investigation, if not dangerous the sheriff's office says. So they seem to be referring to the public's insistence on continuing to try to link Brian Landry to this case. Right. 
As we discussed earlier, the press release said that Brian and Gabby had been ruled out of any involvement uh, in in the case that we're discussing here today. But most importantly, Captain, the January press release contained the following statement. The Grand County Sheriff's Office has several persons of interest but has not yet identified a suspect. Yeah, no suspect yet until Fox 13 released this news. We continue to follow breaking news on the double homicide of Kylan Schulte and Crystal Turner. The Grand County Sheriff's Office has identified this man as the suspect in their murders. Kylan and Crystal were found dead in August of last year. Since then, Kylan's father has been pushing for more answers. Fox 13 News anchor Brian Schnee is live in Moab this evening as we learn more about the connection between the suspect and these two women. Brian. The Grand County Sheriff's Office says that Adam Pinkowitz worked with Crystal Turner at a local McDonald's. He was one of many persons of interest early on in this case. And when they tried to interview him and locate him, they could not do so. Now, Pinkowitz lived somewhat of a van lifestyle. It's not believed he even had an address here in Moab. They also believe he had only been in the area for a few months. Grand County Sheriff's Office learned that he had been in the LaSalle Mountains and Moab around the same time as the homicide. The Sheriff's Office says they recently received information that prior to him committing suicide, Pinkowitz told someone that he had killed two women in the state of Utah. Sheriff Stephen White would not say where Pinkowitz and his vehicle were found, but it was out of state. They believe he committed suicide back in September of last year. Kylan Schulte's father, very emotional, still trying to really has put a lot of time and energy, still trying to really rally the community throughout the last few months to share every bit of information that they had. He told us today the name Adam Pinkowitz is a name that he had heard while collecting his own clues on this case. They have a suspect who killed himself last year, who I believe admitted to killing the girls before he killed himself. So Grand County Sheriff's Office was right. The case is very solvable. <laughs> I can't believe I picked up a clue on Adam Pincus in my clue booth in the park. I cannot believe it. The only other thing I can say is that I hope they can process the evidence and close the case soon. Um, and it's my mom's birthday. Here's a very special moment between Sean Paul and Sheriff Stephen White with the Grand County Sheriff's Office. Sean Paul told us that he began to heal when Dog the Bounty Hunter and his crew arrived a few days ago. He believes that Dog and his team were instrumental in the information relief release from the Sheriff's Office, which can ultimately provide a sense of closure for the families involved, Grand County and the Moab community. Now, the case is not closed, and it remains an ongoing investigation. The sheriff told us that he doesn't know of the motive or what may have led the suspect to commit the crimes and murder the two women in the LaSalle's. They're still trying to gather more information, and they encourage you to contact them if you have more to share. We're live in Moab tonight. Brian Schnee, Fox 13 News. What a startling revelation there that the police have had a suspect, one that they liked from very early on in the case, and right. that... It seems to be that this Adam Pinkowitz is responsible for the murders, or at least the sheriff's department was willing to state that publicly and announce it to everyone. Very interesting to see the suspect brought into the spotlight and that we are told that this is the person. He has been identified as the suspect in this still ongoing investigation. Interesting, too, he committed suicide, and this Adam person tells another party that he had killed two women in Utah. Again, not incredibly specific information, but according to this release that I have in front of my eyes here from the office of the Grand County Sheriff's Office, it states on this document that not only did he tell another party that he had killed two women in Utah, but also provided specific details that were only known to the investigators at the time. Well, that's key when you have so many people that want to take credit for these high-profile crimes. But, yeah, he was a bearded turd pot, 
But we also had that suspect early on that we're like, well, there's a weirdo that possibly works with um, Kylin at the 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 flower place. At Moonflower Co-op? Yeah, the Moonflower Co-op. So the fact that this guy was connected actually to Crystal at McDonald's was kind of interesting. Yeah, the official statement is that Adam was a former employee at the McDonald's that Crystal worked at located in Moab, Utah. And he was identified at the time as one of many persons of interest being investigated by the Grand County Sheriff's Office, stating that the Sheriff's Office made numerous attempts to locate and interview Adam, could not find him. Through continued analysis and collection of evidence, the Sheriff's Office learned that Adam was in LaSalle's and Moab at the time of the homicides and had left the state of Utah shortly after the, the homicides and then later committed suicide. And in the release that I'm looking at here, Captain, the sheriff's office was asking for information on this individual, asking for information about his vehicle, the whereabouts of his vehicle around the time in question, which was a black 2007 Yaris. Now, the news report that we played you came out in... If I'm correct, it it came out in May 11th of 2022. So so where are we at now? Or were they able to test evidence against this guy so they can actually close the case? Because I, I hate it when they go, "Look, he's our best suspect. We he, we think he's the one that did it, and we're just going to close the case." Well, it looks like as of the date of recording this conversation we are having here, Captain, that the case technically remains unsolved while we have them going on record stating this is our suspect we have evidence and we have reason to believe so much so that we are announcing this and confirming this to the public that we the police feel that this is the most likely suspect for the killings of these two women and his name is adam and here is his picture we would like to have more information about Adam. We would like to have more information about his vehicle, his whereabouts, the whereabouts of his vehicle, especially during the time in question, that weekend in question, from the time when they went missing to the time that they were eventually found having been gunned down. Yeah, and this this one's difficult for me because there's been a lot of people that point out maybe a glaring conflict about Adam is if he worked with Crystal, wouldn't Crystal know who he was? And so when they were at the bar that night talking to their friends saying, Hey, there's this creepy guy that's camping by us. Wouldn't they identify him by name? Yes. One would think so. But again, we also don't need the killer and the creepy guy to be the same person. True. And we don't know. Again, it's we sit here from 30,000 feet away, right? You know, and I know that's kind of the random distance that I keep throwing on these cases, but that's how I feel sometimes. I'm we, sitting a little closer than you are, though. We are, you know, we're eyeballs deep in these cases, but at the same time, we have to remind ourselves and remind others out there listening of the simple fact that we can't look at this situation and just start making leaps of our own, right? We can't assume that, oh, they work together, so they had to know one another. Right. Now, there are people out there that have reported that are closer to the situation and have reported that they believe that at least one of the women would have known this Adam person right. because they work together. But again, we don't know. Did Does that mean they actually work together at the McDonald's at the same time? Yeah, or did they or, only... or they seeing this weirdo in the middle of the night and now he's got a beard and he's dressed completely different? You took my damn point. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, because if yeah, it's like here's a bearded guy, his face would be pretty covered with the beard, and you're seeing him at night. And so it's like, yeah, you might know who he is. And it's like I would know who you are if I saw you during the day, but if you just pulled up to a campsite from a distance I might be like, well, that guy looks similar to Nick, but if I didn't get a good look at your face and the light, I wouldn't know it was you. 
Well, and we also don't know what the conversation was between them and their friends at the bar. You know, right. there's this creepy guy. Oh, do you know who he is? It's because it sounds like several people in the area were experiencing this van life. And who knows? They may have had a simple answer of, yeah, we've seen him around Moab. We've seen him camping at places before. No, I don't I don't know if I know his name. But yeah, I, I don't think that, you know, to say that this is not our guy it seems like police have a lot of reason to believe that this is the guy. And I feel like it probably goes beyond him just telling this person that he prior to killing himself, that he killed two women in Utah. One, that's a, that's a big hurdle. Right. But again, we're hearing that second hand. The interesting part to me is we know very little about the crime scene because police rightfully so held a lot of that information back but in their release about this suspect they specifically say and go out of their way to tell us that he also provided specific details that were known only to investigators right there's something in his statement to his his person his friend the confession the confession there's something in that confession that when this man or this person relays this information to the police their ears perk up and they go wait a second yep he shouldn't know that information he could have known the number of shots he could have known something that was very Mm -hmm. specific to the crime so this is where we are still asking for help and police are still asking for help and with this case being relatively recent they're still hoping and thinking that there's somebody out there that may have some information, may have seen something, witnessed something, heard something, have something on their cell phone in a background picture or background of a video somewhere that may have been in this area that weekend that's in question, and they are unaware yet that they need to be coming forward with information. So the Grant County Sheriff's Office is still looking for any information regarding this Adam individual and his vehicle, which again is a black 2007 Yaris. Well, and hopefully they'll be able to test different pieces of evidence and they'll be actually able to close this case because it would just be a shame to me to have law enforcement put all this time and effort in you know, not in taxpayers' money and the whole community working so hard to try to get uh, answers to this horrible crime. And if it just sits here on the shelf, not solved, um, it's just an injustice, and I'd hate to see that. There was a recent article that came out in August of this year. We're talking just a few days ago, actually called the justice files father of murdered woman confident who killed her. Um, this is from ABC com, and they're talking about and talking with Sean Paul Schulte, the man who really led and spearheaded the, the drive to help find his daughter and then to find information, get evidence, figure out who was responsible for killing his daughter and his daughter-in-law and he says that it's the confidence it's the way that law enforcement and unified police are speaking with him now they can't tell him what they have but they are telling him that once they hand over the case files to him once this is all closed and the case is done they're going to hand over the files to him and they've told him he will be shocked by the preponderance of evidence so This is really putting a lot of confidence in the statement that they have the right guy, that law enforcement believe that they have the right guy, and the father also believes that they have the right guy. He goes on to say that he, meaning the killer, was very careless at the crime scene, and even though there was multiple types of ammo used, that they still, he still believes, and law enforcement still believes that it was only one person with one weapon that committed this crime. He does go on in this most recent article to say that yes, Crystal Turner, his daughter, and this Adam individual, the suspect, did have at least one or two interactions directly with one another, so they did know each other, but 
This is the father saying that we are confident that they got the right guy. Again, they're still looking for information. He says that they know that he fled, Adam fled Moab after the women were murdered. And then it was in September of 2021 that Adam committed suicide. But to this date, they've not named him as the, the killer. Yeah. Law enforcement is going to do their due diligence. And like, like you said, in this article, they're stating we have a plethora of evidence and it's not just that he fled that area. It's also that he confessed to somebody and then committed suicide. And Sean Paul Schulte says, yeah, 100%. We're talking about Adam being our guy. We're talking about him acting alone. Thanks for joining us here in the garage, the flying garage ship, like the Colonel likes to call it. Colonel, do we have any recommended reading this week? This week we are recommending Trailed, One Woman's Quest to Solve the Shenandoah Murders by Catherine Miles. This is a nonfiction account that reads like a modern-day thriller. We recently recommended Trailed, but this week's case, we're recommending it again because this week's case that we covered here it's just too eerily similar to the Shenandoah murders case. So check out Catherine Miles' book Trailed. I think it's one of the best true crime books to come out this year. That's Trailed: One Woman's Quest to Solve the Shenandoah Murders. You can find that great title and many more on our website truecrimegarage.com. Click on the recommended page. Yeah, and until next week, be good, be kind, and don't litter. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.